guys. Welcome to Jammin' and Jammies, the podcast. I'm Megan Barker. You know the drill. We are sitting down with some of our favorite music creators, industry leaders, finding out how they got where they are and getting valuable insights into the music world. Today, we're here with one of my favorite people. I know I always say that, um, but lately it's been true. And this is one of my best friends in the world. This is Brittany Brody. Brittany's here. She is a Canadian country singer songwriter who resides in Nashville, uh, has had a lot of airplay, like all the things. So we're just going to dive into all of it. Let's welcome her. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Megan. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. This is so fun. This is so exciting. Um, I want to just start at the beginning. Tell us how you got into music, where you're from, all of those things. Oh my gosh. Okay. All the way to the beginning. The beginning. All right. Well, when I was three, like I have a vivid core memory saying to my parents that I was going to sing on the Opry. When you were three? When I was three. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I like who knows that you're a toddler. So you guys used to watch the Opry, yeah, or listen to the Opry, whatever. Yeah, yeah, listen, watch it, and uh, I heard about it all the time growing up because my parents obviously listened to it on radio before I ever came along. Yeah, um, but I just remember watching it, and I I said I was going to do that one day. Wow! And always, it's always been music, and my first performance out in public would be seven and a half, eight years old. Really? Where was it? It was in Canada. It was at a singing competition. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're quite as big now as they used to be. Yeah. But when I was growing up, like coming up in the business, Mm -hmm. like the fairs, every like town or city had fairs and they would always have singing contests and there would be national contests. Um, I think I won one, but other than that, never placed in any other, Aww. which is fine. That's I, funny. You were doing it for the fun of it. Yeah. And I never, I just remember hearing at the time, like Garth Brooks, Martina McBride, mm-hmm. they had said they never won any contests. I'm like, well, I'm like them. So that's it okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. I'm just like Garth. I'm just like Martina. Yeah. Okay. So then who were your biggest influences? Uh, when I was quite little, I mean, I grew up on pretty traditional country music yeah. so Dottie West yeah Hank Cochran Lefty Frizzell I mean George Strait when you get into yeah. the sooner years Dolly Parton um and then when I start spreading my wings a little bit the Spice Girls were huge for me <laughs> huge influence I love the Spice Girls too uh, I love Brian Adams and he's Canadian Show Crow yeah like I had such a vast but it was 99% country all the time yeah yeah. And even, you know, when I was little, my dad's like, oh, you can't listen to that kind of stuff. He's going to give me heck for saying that now. But it's true. <laughs> he just has to live with the fact. But it was always country. Yeah. And even when I had Sheryl Crow's first album, when it came out, they yeah. thought that was like hard rock. Yeah. And maybe not appropriate. That's funny. But now it's it's pretty soft rock. Well, take us into like when music started to become like a real big part of your life. Maybe you're a little bit older. Were you a teenager? Like how old were you when you first started like playing your first real gigs? Uh, first or gigs. going into the studio for the first time, like when music became, Oh yeah. Like 12, 13. Okay. okay. Yeah. Around that age. And my parents, they took me all over the place playing shows and opening for people and recording. And I remember, being young in the studio yeah. and cutting other people's songs. Yeah. How did you get those songs? So I I would just get to know different producers and and they would managers have that, songs that uh, yeah that other singers or other writers 
had put into their hands and they just thought they would work for me. But you know, when you're, when you're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old singing about love and heartbreak, you don't have a clue. Well, you're just a kid. Yeah. You're a baby. I should have asked you ahead of time if you have any of those recordings. Well, maybe we'll do a follow up. Well, we'll see if she has. I do. Oh, okay. No, they're in the vault. The vault. <laughs> We're gonna have to dig in this vault. There's guys. cassettes like galore. There's tons. Do you guys remember cassettes? <laughs> There's a lot of people watching. What's a cassette? What's a cassette? Not an eight track. A cassette. I've literally had people ask me that before. I, like obviously, really young people. They were like, "Yeah, I saw like a cassette in some TV show that was like from the '80s, right?" And I was like. 90s, but like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, well, anyway, so you're recording music when you're like 12, 13. You're starting to open shows and play like festivals and stuff, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So when was your first trip to Nashville? When I was 18. You were 18. Take us there. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, this was a trip that was coming for a long time. I'm sure. And, you know, when you're one of three kids and working parents, that that's all they do is right. work and raise kids. Like, it's hard Big to make deal. that happen. Yeah. And I'm sure it costs, I know, a lot of money at that mm-hmm. time. Um, I mean, at that time, it still does. Nashville's <laughs> very expensive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was 18. My daddy and I drove down here. You drove? Yep. Oh. And totally didn't have a clue. <laughs> Thought that it was the old-fashioned way where you could have your CD yeah. and your 8x10 Go knock on doors. And your bio. Ah. Like, basically, I bought, like, those folders, you know, you open. Yeah. One side is your 8 by 10 Yes. And then this is your bio and your CD yeah. with, like, three songs. Has to be specific style so they can hear what you can do. I, I had folders like this. <laughs> yep. And, like, a little business card. It's like your press kit, but it was, like, it's physical. A press, it's a press kit. Yeah. That's right. That's what it is. And... uh I went all up and down Music Row. Yeah, you did. I yeah, got, I got told to. Kill. They're like, really? This is not the. This is not the way. Aww, and that's they don't take on solicited material, and you, you just don't know. Yeah, like you think you're coming from out of town, you're bringing this in, and you know how talented you are. Uh, your your parents know, and you, you the two you're pushing for it. But you know how it is. It's well, just not get, that way. And once you spend more time here, you realize you can be the most talented person in your town, but there's people in Nashville that are just as talented, if not more. So moving to Nashville really, really makes you better. But anyway, so you went up and down. You kind of had an awakening. Um, what did yeah. you do when you were here? I know you're a big fan of the Nashville Palace. Did you go to the Palace oh, your yeah, first we're, trip? Yeah, yeah, we're at the Nashville Palace. Yep. And I've seen it. From when I was 18 to mm-hmm. now, like I've seen massive changes. Yep. I've seen massive changes just in Nashville infrastructure in general, the music business. Tourism. Tour, yeah, tourism. You used to be able to afford a hotel here for two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Now that's like the price of one night. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen it all over this many years and... It's crazy. Yeah. I remember being at one of the labels. I think it was Warner Brothers. I don't even know. Probably was. And my dad, we were at the, like the receptionist, my dad... I think he was starting to get a little frustrated because we're at this for days. And he's like, oh, I just, can you please listen? You have no idea how good my daughter is. And they're like, I'm sure she's wonderful, but this just doesn't happen. I know, bless them because it, it's so, it's cool. a learning curve, but you know what? I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Like, th- that's cool. Look at the story we have to tell. Look at the story. Because now it's like, oh, I, I emailed you. It's in your email. Yeah. Like, it's, I know. It's just, the sacrifices and 
what you think it is and yeah. what it actually is and those memories that you made mm-hmm. and then now the stories you can tell. Yeah. The honestly the harder a journey is the sweeter the outcome is, mm-hmm. you know, well, when you're successful, hopefully. Okay. So you came to Nashville, you're knocking on doors. It isn't what you thought. It was I like, played Tootsies that trip. Did you play Tootsies? Yeah. See, that's something. Yeah. But you know, you meet, it was interesting. This happened like two for sure. I think possibly three times that trip you'll meet. I forget the gentleman's name at the time, but he was a big deal at Tootsies. I don't know if he was an owner then or not, but he was like a hundred years old back then. And I remember being in there and you know me, I just talked to everybody and I was still young, and I, he was up at the front um, window. You know how there's like yeah. a special spot, and just start talking to Dad and I. And he's like, "I'm gonna pay the band to get you up there to sing." And I was like, "Okay." So I remember he slept him a hundred bucks. Stop. Yeah. What'd you and, sing? I don't even remember now. Oh. I don't even remember. Um, what a good story, though. I bet your dad loved that, though. Yeah, but you know how it goes. Hmm. Oh, I'm gonna make you a star. Stop. I'm going to do this and this and this for you. And, you know, you're anyway, that's a maybe I shouldn't get into this whole thing. (laughs) Maybe this is for another time. But anyways, that did not happen. (laughs) Yeah. Long story long. But it's just uh, it's just part of the thing coming up in the business. You hear it a thousand times. Mm -hmm. People are going to do this and this and this for you. It doesn't happen that way. So what happened when you went home? So like you went to Nashville for the first time, you had these experiences, then you went home. What happened then? I just got back at it, uh, doing shows, writing. When did when did radio come into the picture for you? Because I know that that radio has been a really big part of your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did radio come in? Maybe twenty, maybe twenty ten. Yeah. So how did that come about? And because for those who who maybe don't know, and, and I really I don't pretend to be an expert at this stuff at all, but Canadian radio is totally different than American radio in that I feel like as a Canadian artist, you at least have some doors available to you if you're an independent artist. And like if you're an, an indie artist, you know, down here in the States, it's like <laughs> more difficult. So anyway, take us into Canadian radio and how do you got how you got involved in Mm-hmm. All the things. Well, yeah, it is true. The The radio thing in every country really is different because mm-hmm. Australia, Europe, they have a whole other way they do things. Yeah. And Canada is different. And then here, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. You give me a few million, I can put out a single to radio here. Like it's just... Yeah. And in Canada, it's not the way. Yeah. Um, it's very like political oh, or in the States. So really political in Canada. Well, I'm too. sure, but the you music know what business I mean. as a whole is political. But like the fact that you've had airplay and you don't have a label in Canada, I feel right. like in the states that's unheard of. Right. So for independent artists, it's more accessible. But you had you got to really show, a, like a, a build up in your yeah. career. Like you oh, have I'm to sure. Sh- I'm know, not. I've been, I'm definitely. I don't mean to, to make it sound like it's easy. That's not what I meant. I just meant you know that you've had this opportunity. So. Tell yeah, us about it, it just, you know, like anything, it takes time mm-hmm. and it takes hard work. Yeah. And eventually you just make the right connections. And I had tried my best to keep good relationships with radio. And I've done radio tour across Canada and built those relationships. And um, then it just seems, I guess, the Canadian uh, music industry just has a better program for independent artists. Yeah. To get radio play, especially at satellite radio, that is not here. Yeah. Which is really interesting. 
It's interesting, but it's also really unfair because we're the we're the backbone. Mm. You know, all yeah. all these ones coming up. Right, right, right. Absolutely. This is how it keeps the wheels turning is all of our all of our talent, all of our work and all of our money making that happen. Well, do you remember the first time you heard your song on the radio? Yes. Tell us about that. So I was in the garage at home at my mom and dad's and um I didn't know sometimes you know when they're gonna feature you and you you know you get, get ready you sit up, at yeah. radio and you're like waiting and you're like it's gonna happen at eleven oh five you just know but I didn't know we were out in the garage probably working on something my dad always had something going on like maybe a tractor or something and it come on and oh yeah I don't think I could talk for two days I screamed so much <laughs> jumping oh, up and down and going what song crazy was it? Uh, it was together never alone. Yeah, That's but that awesome. was my first one where it went like as a single, properly hiring all the right people, all the right team, and really making that big, all pushing this single. Yeah. yeah. Before that, I had some songs that I didn't write. I was just the singer on them that had got featured here and there. And I mean, that's cool too. But it's different when you didn't expect it and you put all that into it Did like you it's write a different this song? thing yeah and so it was the first song that you had like been a part of writing that's yes. really cool yeah that's amazing well and again when i i meant to say back before when i was talking about like growing up going in the studio and working with different producers and managers and just different teams and everyone's got an opinion and everyone's pulling you this way that way and mm-hmm. you're so young and vulnerable and you don't you know what you want but you're told to well, yeah, they're and like, it, how could you know you're young? Yeah, you don't know. Like, you're so young and you have to wait for the professionals to tell you to how to breathe. It's, and I did that. And I remember being really young and recording these songs that I did not relate to whatsoever. And just being told, this is the way, this is how it is. But I wasn't relating. Yeah. And you know, when you hear a song and you can feel what mm-hmm. they're singing? Yeah. Like the emotion? Yeah. I can't have emotion about those things when I'm so young. Right, right. So, but I wish then that I stood up more as a young person. That is even advice I have now for people coming up in it that are young. Yes, listen to people that are ahead of you because they got to where they are for reasons. And you can always learn so much, but also you got to know who you are and just put a little bit of that in too. Don't lose sight of that and... You know, just follow your your own moral compass and and record songs and write songs that you know you're experiencing and your age group and yeah, so it's relatable. Yeah, because no well, one's gonna believe a twelve year old singing about love and heartache. Right. I don't even believe it. So why would you? Tell us about your songwriting process and oh. what has songwriting been like for you? Well, since I was quite little I started with a journal mm-hmm. so like grade four yeah and you come into school and they'd ask you to draw a little picture at the top which I'm not I don't draw like they're not good I'd have to go back and look at them they're in a box somewhere my mom kept all that stuff but really bad drawing but writing stories of the weekend but then I would turn them into songs oh you know what'd you do on the weekend and each you'd write it all down That's so sweet. I was like forming those types of things at that time and 
Oh, my process. It's different. Well, tell us about your, your process now and, and living in Nashville and writing with professional hit songwriters all the time. Like, what is your process like? I mean, do you do you like to provide more lyrics? Do you like to provide more melody? Do you like to start with a hook? Like, take us into the creative process. Yes. So sometimes it just depends on the day. Uh, sometimes... I'm quite good with melodies yeah. and coming up with that. And, you know, sometimes I'll have a hook, a really good idea. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of a typical Nashville answer. I hate putting people on the spot, but but some people have a very specific process. But really, I think in Nashville, every room is different. So it's kind of like everyone has their strengths. Like you just said, you're really strong with melodies, and you are. But, um, yeah, I think every every room is Like sometimes different. I'll go in and I'll be like, I just wrote half this song last night. Want to finish it? Yeah. And then it just depends. Like, yeah, it's interesting because some people that happens with your writing with, and then one day you'll go in and be like, I just have this idea. Yeah. And it's kind of just stews for a while or it's just a mix. It is. There's not just one way. Do you have a favorite song? And I know favorite songs change all the time for artists, but do you have a favorite song to perform? Of my own or? Yeah. Well, both. Do both. Oh, boy. It could just be like, what's your favorite right now to perform? Like, yeah, because that's it's hard. Your, your These newest. are things I need to know the questions ahead of time, and then I can think of a really <laughs> well, good answer. I don't, well, okay, so like, I love your your newest single. Obviously, I just I've listened to it with the windows down because it feels like something you listen to with the windows down. It does. Southern Coast of California. Love this song. Yeah, I love that. It's so, a great song. I bet that's a fun song to perform live. It is fun. Yeah. I do like that because like you said, when you're driving, you have the windows down. While I'm singing it, I picture that. It's just what it feels like. Like you just yeah. feel like your hand out the window. Oh, yeah, that's so right. good. Yeah. Um, so I really do like doing that one. Um, a newer one, well, it's, I wrote a, a little a little bit ago, but newer to singing mm-hmm. publicly, Denim Jacket. I love that song. That, that is one. such a great song. Thank you. I... It's an emotional song for me. And it's also my favorite piece of clothing. <laughs> I just It's love, very Canadian of you. I just love denim jackets. <laughs> but I remember performing that um, actually just just not long before I got married last September. I performed it in Scotland at a show. And you could hear a pin drop in that room. I bet. And after the concert, everybody was coming up saying that, that was... That was their favorite song. But they were... It was like a next level thing. Wow. It would like move them. It's a special song. If you haven't heard Denim Jacket by Brittany Brody, you have to hear it. Yeah. There's a couple videos online. I haven't recorded that I was going to say, she hasn't released it yet, but you posted a video of you playing it on Today in Nashville, didn't you? Uh, yeah. So I think there, there's live performances. Yes. It. But I hope you put that one out. I know I need to. Yeah. It's just a gorgeous song. It is. And covers. Oh my gosh. Uh... I do love uh, Driving My Life Away, Eddie Rabbit. Oh, I bet you do that well. I've never heard you oh, do it's that. it's so fun. I love that song. Uh, okay, take us into, you've, obviously, you had spent time in the UK before you even met your husband. Mm-hmm. And then for those who don't know, she's been married almost a year. Um, oh, it's going to be a year in one month. Yeah. So a month today, it'll be a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, but before you even met him, you had been to the UK and done shows over there. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? And like, why do you like playing in the UK? Tell us about that. Okay. Well, how did that come about is I'm like, you know, when you have one of those like squeaky wheels on your car and it's really annoying and it's like, 
It's not too annoying, but it's annoying. You know what's there. Well, that's me when I email and contact people, which is good advice. You can be a little squeaky, but not obnoxious. Yeah. Don't let, don't let the tire blow. Just get squeaky. It's a fine line. Yeah. It's a fine line. So I was a little squeaky and, uh, was emailing some promoters. I made some great relationships over there before I had even landed in the UK and it, and I hadn't been there yet. This was a dream for all my life to go over there. I just always was, there was this part of me that was just drawn to the UK. And now we know why. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Like there was a part of my soul just like like pulling me there. Um, anyway, so I just uh, emailed, found promoters. I, I honestly don't even know how I stumbled across the people that I did. I don't know. It's the universe. It's just crazy. Yeah. And then they're like, wow, you really are on top of this. How about you come on over and we meet and they put on certain festivals like National Meets London, which I absolutely loved performing at. And we'll see how it goes. And so I... And that that was the beginning of that. I just took a risk and I... I was ready for it and I was excited and I hopped hopped on a plane and went over there and just built relationships and made things happen and also made some amazing friends who are also artists and songwriters over in the UK. Like I've got a good network of yeah. friends over there now and just just yeah. made that happen. It was just meant to be. They love, well, they love good music, but they love country music Oh, I was just going to say. They love country music. I was going to say like... Not to knock anywhere else because I love everybody and I love all the countries. Anywhere I perform, I'm grateful. But the UK fans and in London, they're <laughs> next level. They know every single word. Like they didn't need to know who I was. They're like, who's Brittany Brody? Like I'm on the bill with people that they know. And they went out of their way to make sure they knew what everyone was singing, yeah. what everyone had going on. Wow. And they love CDs. They love merch. But just... They listen mm-hmm. and they're quiet and every single thing, like they're clinging on to everything you say. Yeah. They're just so special. It was very special. It One of the best. Yeah. And it yeah. is wild that you were always drawn to the UK. Mm-hmm. And then, and she didn't meet her husband, by the way, and we don't have to get into all of that, but she didn't even meet him like in the UK. You met him in Nashville, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> and he's Scottish. Anyway, so, so <laughs> Ewan is um, the love of her life. And now we know why you were always drawn to that side of the world. Isn't that just crazy? Though? That's wild. That's crazy. Like I just, and I would, jo- I can't believe we're going down this road, but we're, you already like took the car down the road. We're on the road. Um, there was, I never thought I'd ever get married. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. never. That's how it and happens. I, but I would joke to my mom because I knew it was just so far out there that it just wasn't possible. I was like, but if I ever did, it'd be in a castle in Scotland. Ha ha. It happened. Stop. It's insane. Isn't that crazy? Well, you spoke it into. I'm telling you, I'm a firm believer in that. Anyone that truly knows me knows that I'm all about the power of the secret. And it's been that way. It's true, though. Since I was a little kid. You decide. You know, when I, I remember that. being little and what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a famous country singer. Don't you mean you want to be? No, I'm going to be. <laughs> like I always, that's I'm going to, not I want to. That's right. Always. But some people think that's cocky. And I'm like, no, I'm attracting that to me. It's true. And, you know, you think about, sure, right now I'm not where I want to be but I am where I wanted to be two years ago. Well, you make a living doing country music in Nashville, Tennessee. You're happy. You're married. You're working every day and releasing music. You are a successful country singer. You you Thank are. You. I mean, 
I feel like fame is relative and success is relative. So if you're happy with what you're doing and people in the UK sing along to your songs when you go over there and play, like you are a rock star. Oh, you're so sweet. It's true. But it's, it, it's so interesting because you always think, oh, I really want to be here. But remember where you were mm-hmm. years ago, where I'm sitting right now is where I want it to be. That's right. Even like I said, two years ago. That's right. Like I have a home in Nashville. Nashville's my home. Like I've dreamt about that since I was a little kid. It's true. Like I love putting my address on something. I love that I write Nashville as home. Like it, it's just silly, all these little things. But yeah, you just really got to take a step back for a minute and be like, even what you have right now, even though you're still working very hard and you're not exactly where you want to be yet, yeah. look how far you've come. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I've never understood also like a question that you get asked a lot in Nashville. I think it's just Nashville. It's like, are you trying to be an artist? Are you doing the artist thing? And it's like, I'm not trying to be an artist. I am an artist. That's no right. no record label or number of streams or any of that or lack of that can take that away from you. Like you either are an artist or you're not. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting. Uh, I like that, that was a side that. note. That's very good. I just seen an interview uh, recently for the new Mission Impossible mm-hmm. film, and which was absolutely phenomenal. I'm a fan. I've seen all of them. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I love Tom Cruise. He is a genius and very passionate about what he does. And he was being interviewed, and it was like the cast, there was like the producers, him, mm-hmm. anyway. And uh, the the people on the other side of the camera, he's like, so what are you doing? He's like, oh, I want to be an actor. And he's like, you are you want to be an actor? He's like, aren't you an actor? He's like, well, yeah, but I want to be. He's like, he's like no, you are. That's it. That's it right there. You are. That's it. Like, you don't want to be that. We are that. But you're right. It is a thing. Well, everything in life is a mindset. And I feel like I could go down this rabbit hole because we're obviously very passionate about this. But yeah. You either are something or you're not. Like, no in between. I love that. You have a very good mindset. You've always been very positive, as long as I've known you. And uh, and a squeaky wheel. And hardworking. Thank you. What gets you... Like, let's dive into it. We don't always have great days Mm-mm. in this industry. A lot of no's. A lot of, like, almost. So, what gets you out of bed on a bad day? <laughs> I'm serious. Some something pulls me out. I don't know what it is. Sometimes, but 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 right. I mean, like sometimes we all have to lay in bed a little bit and and wallow, and that's okay. But then you have to get back up. What gets you back up? I'm just so stubborn, and even though the no's and the almost and the maybes set you back, and you're just so tired of hearing it for a hundred years, it's that drive. You know, there could be 200 no's, but they're just, today could be that yes. You never know. Yeah. It's like, you don't know how close you are to success, whatever, however you label yeah, or wherever you put success for you. That's different for everybody. It's the next step. You never you know. You just, you don't know. Right when you're about to quit, that's when I was literally talking about this in the last episode. So if you're watching, um, when I was talking with David Evans and we were talking about, I was saying that that's honestly like the most frustrating part of this whole journey. It pisses me off the most is like, you don't know. So yeah. that right that you maybe don't feel like going to, or that event that you don't feel like going to, you just, you can't afford to say no or, or cancel or be lazy. Obviously, you know. 
sometimes we cancel or whatever, but like you just can't afford to, to miss an opportunity because you don't know, like you said. Mm-hmm. But that's the part that pisses me off the most because you just don't know. It's like, God, that stress of not knowing, like this could be the day. I know. That's and it gets tough. exhausting. after. I mean, you and I have been doing this most of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to get into <laughs> how long, but like most of our lives. And so people don't, maybe some people don't realize that really takes a toll after a long time. And you're not where you want to be. You're farther along than, than you were. Um, but it does take a toll mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally. And it some days is harder to keep going. So that's why I just wanted to dive in and just mm-hmm. ask you like, what keeps you going on a bad day? Yeah, it's tough. It's just ultimately that drive and 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 your love of music. I'm sure you just yeah. I just I don't know any other way. You're such a music fan, by the way. Like, <laughs> well, it sounds silly because like, oh, every artist is a music fan. Not to the same extent. Like, she is a true music fan. Like, every time I talk to you, you're she is up to date on like the new Morgan Wallen or the new whatever. But then she also knows every single song Willie Nelson. We were just talking about this, every single song Willie Nelson's ever recorded. Like, I don't know how you do it. You are a music machine. I love that you said that. Thank you. Because I always said my dad is a music encyclopedia. That's you. Thanks. In my book, that's you. Well, like all my old country history, I learned from my dad, but I feel like it's just in my blood and then it's just carried on through me. Well, a lot of people get stuck in what they listen to. Um, and and I, I just don't think that's you. And I think that's amazing. Like, like I said, she loves all these old classic country artists that built Nashville, by the way, built the music industry. But, you know, I walk in your house last time I was here and you had the new Morgan Wallen album on. Oh, I think but, it was Luke Combs. Or was Luke Combs. Yep. Either one. Oh, it was so but great, she, that album. She already like knew every word and it had just come out and I was like, it's impressive. Well, thanks. That's yeah. so nice to so see. So I just love that you love music. I think, But that's... I have to say I've really broadened my horizons. And now since meeting you and my husband, he comes from a rock background and yeah. he's a musician as well. So that was not something I knew much about. And now like I like a new my... appreciation for it? Yes. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I always loved ACDC, but now like Guns N' Roses and, well, I've always loved Brian Adams, but even more... Um, there's so many bands, I can't even name them all, even British bands that you don't really hear of here. But even when I go to the gym in the morning, I used to have like a like a fitness mix, which was like Dua Lipa and stuff like that. No, not anymore. That ship sailed. I love her. But my, my new ship that's come in is rock. <laughs> like new 80s ship. and 90s rock. I love it. Oh, it is so good. It's good to work out too. It's like there's, but it's hard because I'm like, oh, I really and then I'm like, okay, you got to focus, focus on what you're like, doing. But there's some funny. cool stuff, like like bands that I I didn't ever know growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I love music. You do, you love music. Yeah. Well, what is next for you? Next for me, releasing more music and recording, yeah. always writing, releasing more music, uh, shows coming up that I'll announce soon. And I'm picking up a lot of anthems. People seem to I know. People seem to love me singing the anthem. What is that like? It's one of the greatest honors of my life. Yeah. Yes. It it's a great privilege uh to be able to perform that song and it just carries so much weight. Yeah. Um the pressure of the anthem is real <laughs> and pretty well everyone I know will not do it. Yeah. They won't perform it. 
they're absolutely terrified. They don't want to forget the words. They don't want to do something wrong. And everyone has an opinion. They don't like when you change stuff. I always keep it very classic. Very straight I, ahead. I love the high notes. I hit those hard with lots of power. You have an incredible power behind your voice. Thank you. You have a lot of power. But I just did the sounds game a couple nights ago. I had so many different people coming up to me that night, more than more than any time I've ever performed the anthem, telling me how amazing it was, and they loved that I didn't mess with it too much. That's They're awesome. like, you didn't do anything crazy. Because people, with the anthem, it's it's very. I've learned it's a very fine line. It's almost disrespectful. To make it your own. Yes. Yeah. You just, you don't mess with it. You keep it at... At or under a minute 30, just sing it beautifully, lots of power, but don't yeah. mess with it. It's just, it's just like disrespectful to them. So, but, and again, it's almost like an out of body thing for me. I just, I have an immense, like, I feel so much privilege to be able to do it because I know the men and women that have fought right. in the wars and in all the countries and in the United States and in Canada and even my family and very special. It's honor. Just, it's, yeah, it is. I'm very grateful to be able to lend my voice to it. We're grateful that you do that too. Thank you. What is your ultimate dream? Let's, let's, let's wrap up and end things with like, you know, you're 80 years old, 90 years old, a hundred years old. Oh, what, what is it that you, you did? What was your dream? Is it too big to say that I want to be like Dolly Parton? No, no. <laughs> She's got the ultimate life. I like, should have prefaced that with like, there are no wrong answers. I truly believe you can't dream too big. I hate when no. you when you tell people that you want to sing in stadiums or, or arenas or whatever, and they're just like, okay, like be, be realistic. I am being realistic. Yeah, that's what you want. If Dolly Parton can do it, you can. Yeah, I 100% believe that. I just, uh, yeah, want to be making music till... I'm a hundred and whatever years old and uh, be happy and, you know, not worry about how you're paying your bills or right. think about money, just go out and do your thing. And of course, always give back. That's important to me. You get a little, you give a little. Um, just to live a nice, comfortable life and happy doing music 24-7 and recording, touring, shows, you know, let's, what's other, I mean, write a book. Yeah. So just like, keep, keep doing what you're doing. All the things I'll, I'll always, I'll always have goals. Just keep growing. Yes. There's always going to be the next thing. I would love to have a denim line. Oh my God. I love that. I can see that for you. I really, I, I would, would love wear them. that. Boots. Um, even lingerie. I would love, I, will, I want, I like, love it. I want like all the denim, denim lingerie. Stop. Can you imagine? Put put me down right now. Okay. <laughs> this is so fun. It always goes by so fast. And I feel like this whole time I've been stroking this weird ball pillow. Oh, I love it. I love this so much. I need one of these. It's just... It's comforting. It is. It's very it's comforting. It's my favorite pillow I've ever got. Thank you for sitting down and talking with oh, me. thank you. I feel like it went by really fast and there's like other stuff that we didn't talk about. So uh, lately I've been telling people, I'm like, we'll just have to do a part two at some point. A part two would be cool. Yeah. And we'll just talk about it even more. I would love that. But everybody go check out Brittany. Where can they check you out? Apple, Spotify, all the things. Oh yeah, everywhere. Anywhere you get your music. What's your Instagram? Uh, Brittany Brody. Look at that. It's so easy. Yeah. I'm on TikTok. I need to be better on TikTok. It's I know so hard, this. I know. 
I just, I love Instagram so very much. Are you on that new app? What's the new one? Threads? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I got on threads like one of the, the second day or something. I was Same. like, I'm like just going to jump on. And then I feel like it kind of simmered down. I haven't I been know. on since. I haven't been on since. But I'm like a, I'm still Twitter, whatever they call it now. Yeah. I don't even know what it is now. It's still a thing. But I love Twitter. Yeah. I'm calling it Twitter forever. Everybody, everybody loves Twitter still. But the other, there's just, there's so many things. That you have to like get on, and I, I know. just it's it's a but lot. But Instagram's my that's yeah. my most favorite. Well, thank you for sitting down. Well, with thank us. you, Megan Everybody Barker. Everybody, go check her out. Go check out her music if you haven't already. And yeah, and hopefully we can get you on Jam and Jammy soon. I yes. keep asking her, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll do it soon." Yes, I oh, know I'm ready. Let's okay. go. Okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thank you. <laughs>